European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 29, Issue Containing Guidelines on Prevention, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Prevention is Better Than Cure, the New ESC Guidelines. Prevention is better than cure. This proverb is particularly true in cardiovascular medicine. Indeed, both lifestyle and dietary interventions, specifically the Mediterranean diet, as well as pharmacological modulation risk factors, are effective preventative measures. On June 12, 1957, the U.S. Surgeon General, Leroy E. Burney, declared that the evidence suggested a causal link between smoking and lung cancer and heart disease. Ever since, smoking cessation became a cornerstone of prevention. Later, blood pressure lowering was shown to reduce stroke, infarction and premature death. A major breakthrough was the introduction of statins to lower LDL cholesterol and proof of its effectiveness in the 4S trial. The most recent introduction of PCSK9 inhibitors may make prevention even more effective, although the indication for the use of these drugs is still a matter of debate, as the evidence is still incomplete and their price is still rather high. Thus, it was timely to update the European Guidelines on Cardiovascular Disease Prevention in Clinical Practice. The authors remind us that cardiovascular prevention is defined as a coordinated set of actions at the population level or targeted at an individual that are aimed at eliminating or minimizing the risk to develop myocardial infarction, peripheral arterial disease, or stroke. Of note, in spite of all the progress made in prevention, cardiovascular disease remains a leading cause of morbidity and mortality, although age-adjusted coronary artery disease mortality has declined since the 1980s, particularly in high-income regions. Indeed, coronary artery disease rates are now less than half of what they were in the early 1980s in many countries in Europe, due to preventative measures, including the success of smoking legislation. However, inequalities between countries persist, and many risk factors, particularly obesity and diabetes mellitus, have been increasing substantially. Importantly, prevention is effective, the elimination of health risk behaviours would make it possible to prevent at least 80% of CVDs and even 40% of cancers. The present guidelines represent an evidence-based consensus of the 6th European Joint Task Force involving 10 professional societies. The modern sedentary lifestyle is an increasingly important risk factor worldwide. Indeed, even standing as compared to sitting makes a difference. In their article, Use of Exercise Capacity to Improve Score Risk Prediction Model in Asymptomatic, Apparently Healthy Adults, Ariel Israel and colleagues from the Chaim Sheba Medical Center in Tel Hashoma in Israel evaluated in 22,878 asymptomatic men and women whether exercise capacity according to the Bruce Protocol can improve the accuracy of the SCORE overall survival risk estimation. During a follow-up of nine years, mortality was 2.2%, whereby both SCORE and low exercise capacity were associated with reduced survival. When added to the SCORE risk prediction, exercise capacity allowed more accurate risk stratification, 
Nets reclassification analysis showed an improvement of 57% in the accuracy of classification and the area under the receiver operating curve increased from 0.782 to 0.766. The authors conclude that both score and exercise capacity are strong independent predictors of all-cause mortality. The addition of exercise capacity to the score risk model considerably improves the accuracy of the model. As with different dosages of any drug, the preventative effects of sport may change with the degree of vigour with which a physical activity is pursued, both in healthy subjects, particularly in endurance athletes, and in those with heart disease, most importantly in those with arrhythmogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, or in those with implantable cardioverter defibrillators. In the second manuscript, Physical Activity, Resting Heart Rate and Atrial Fibrillation, the Tromso study. Benta Morset and colleagues from the Arctic University in Tromso, Norway, examined the association of physical activity and resting heart rate with hospital-diagnosed atrial fibrillation in 20,484 Norwegian adults. At baseline, in 1986 to 1987, physical activity was assessed by a validated questionnaire and resting heart rate was measured by ECG. During a follow-up of 20 years, 750 mainly male participants were diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Compared with the low physical activity group, moderately active individuals had a 19% lower risk of any atrial fibrillation, whereas highly active had a similar risk. Vigorously active individuals showed a non-significantly 37% higher risk of atrial fibrillation. Risk of atrial fibrillation increased with decreasing resting heart rate, with a resting heart rate below 50 beats per minute a significant risk factor. Thus, in this large prospective cohort, leisure time physical activity was associated with atrial fibrillation in a J-shaped pattern with moderate physical activity being linked with a reduced risk, whereas higher activity levels attenuated the benefits of moderate activity. Of note, low resting heart rate was a particular risk factor for atrial fibrillation. The authors suggest that moderate and vigorous physical activity may affect atrial fibrillation risk via different pathophysiological mechanisms. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.